Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. This is the podcast Step by Step, hosted by a Revert Girl, exploring my journey into Islam. Inshallah, today I will be covering the first episode in my series, Islam Isn't Just a Religion, It's a Lifestyle, where we look at the Shahada and how it creates a foundation for a life with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So before I go into why it's a lifestyle, I would like to look into what the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Um, so this actually literally is tawhid. It means unification, so to make something one or asserting oneness. And it comes from the Arabic verb wahad. And if you know Arabic numbers, wahad means to one. But the verb means to unite, unify or consolidate. Um, so actually, the the opposite of tawhid is shukr, shirk. I've actually talking about this. This is when there's the association of partners with um, Allah subhanahu wa taala, which um, is in fact idolatry. Um, so in the context of Muhammad peace be upon him's life, that he is surrounded by polytheists and pagans. They worship idols, which they themselves made out of iron, stone, wood, etc. And in Surah 112, it says, And this means he is Allah who is one, Allah the eternal refuge. He is neither begets nor is born, nor is there to him any equivalent. And this is the whole significance that there is one God um, and there is no human qualities to him, nor is there to him any equivalent. It's something which is incredibly, incredibly amazing, especially from a Christian background where there is the ideology of Trinity and maybe we can go into it a little bit more, um, inshallah, in the future. But this whole idea of Tawheed and that you only worship God in its purest way is something which is so special. And um, I just really value its importance. So there are generally in Tawheed um, three um, ideologies within it. I just want to add that the um, division of Tawheed um, into its um, n- names wasn't done by the Prophet, peace be upon him, um, nor by his companions, as it was just seen as such a basic principle. However, when Tawheed arose after Islam spread into Egypt, Byzantine, uh, Persia and India, and absorbed the culture of these regions, it's only natural expect to have their beliefs accidentally diffuse and influence the ideology which meant that there needed to be a core ideology that needed to be formed so that people could understand what tahid is and what is the oneness of Allah in its purest and and how can you act upon it so there's tahid arubiya um, and Rabi means my lord. So this is maintaining the unity of lordship. So Tahweed Arabiya. Um, I'm not that good at saying this because I don't actually know the Arabic as well. Tahid al Asma wa Sifat. So Asma. So Ism means name. So if I want to say my name, I'd be Ismidani. And attributes wa Sifat. Um, it is the. Um, attributes and then there's tawhid al-abda 
again, I'm not, my Arabic is again, not perfect. I'm still working on it, um, which is maintaining the unity of Allah's worship. Just another thing to add historically, um, many people in the general um, caliph, caliphs um, after um, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his companion, so maybe even 100 years, 200 years after, uh, many people outwardly accepted Islam, but secretly worked um, to change ideas and work against the religion from within due to their in inability to oppose it in other ways, politically, militarily, um, or even ideologically. Uh, but only through the ideas. Um, so the group began to actively um, go against some of the ideas about Allah and distort them and spread them. And this can cause a lot of confusion. So it's so important that, that you know what Tawheed is and you know your religion so that people who come in with all these different ideas that might be distorted, you can go, no, I know what I believe in and that is not it. And that's what I did with the Christianity. I knew what I believed. And sometimes I'd hear things and be like, that isn't something I agree with. And then it came to a place where I was like, what do I believe in? So it's so important to understand the core of your religion, which is Tawheed. So let me go into the three um, components of Tawheed. So just to be able to fully understand so, Tawheed al-Rububiya. So, this is the fundamental concept that Allah alone caused all things to exist when there was nothing. So, it's the idea that there, this is the creator. This is the one who has put, breathed life into us, breathed life into the whole world. It's so incredible and so scientific and so beyond all our understanding that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was able to create this world, create this universe. It is insane. When you think about how small we are, there's seven plus billion people on this planet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows each one of them so well. He created every single person. It, it, it just blows your mind. But we must maintain the unity of the Lordship. He is the sole Lord of the universe without any ch real challenge to his sovereignty. There is no challenge. There is no opponent to God. Not um, Iblis, Satan, or Shaitan, devils. There is nothing because the oneness of Allah and his power has nothing, has has no, no, not nothing, has no opposition at all. And this whole, whole idea is to just be able to be like, he is my creator. So from that, acknowledging that he is the one creator, there is no one else who creates, there is no one else who fundamentally knows everything, the omniscient Allah is insane. And, and in recognition of this reality, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, used to often repeat the ex exclamatory phrase, there is no movement nor power except by Allah's will. Obviously, that goes into a completely different debate. But this idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always in control, um, knows everything, sees everything, knows you in a way that no one else can know you, knows your deeds, knows your good, knows your bad. And in that 
we acknowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we um, acknowledge his oneness in his lordship, that no one else is lord except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is, it is completely horrible to even say, in my opinion, that anything else can be, create something. Obviously, we can form things and change things, but to look at the world and say that it's made by chance, when you look at the beauty, you look at the in, intricacy of the eye, I just look at the world. Obviously, there are problems, um, and maybe sometime I'll go into, um, inshallah, that kind of stuff. Um, but for now, I just look at the creator. I look at myself and see an intelligence design. I look at the world and I see all these laws and there must be an author and there is one God. Subhanallah. Um, the next tahid is a tahid al-asma wa sifat. So uh, remember isma is name, sifat is attributes. So tahid al-asma wa, wa isfat is maintaining the unity of Allah's name and attributes. So there are generally around um, five sections to this. So um, the number one is unity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala names and attributes. So there is all these attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and we name 99 of them clearly. Um, and sometimes, in fact, there are similarities between God's attributes and those of mankind, um, but only in name and not in degree. Um, when attributes are used in reference to God, um, they are taken, they, they're to be taken in the absolute sense, free from human deficiencies. So, for example, we talk about the anger of Allah, the righteous anger. But um, we see someone as angry. We don't just say um, we see the faults, the sin in anger. But obviously, we don't understand the absolute sense of righteous anger and what that means. So the fact that they're all you see that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-seeing and all-knowing. But there is only one um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all his names and attributes are to the one God alone. Is how I'm understanding it anyway. Number two is referring to Allah as he is referred to himself without giving him any new names or attributes. For example, Allah uh, may not be given the name Allah Radib. So Radib is um, the angry one. So as I've mentioned, him, he has spoken in the Quran about being angry, but that is not one of his 99 attributes. And we may, we shall not, we may not add any new names or attributes to him. This is why we don't add any pictures. We don't have anything to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we as humans can never fully understand, but we can only understand what we have been given. Um, so we must really fully understand that his names and attributes are really important and it's our way of getting to know him. It's our way of understanding. It's our way, the more we know him, the more we love. Like in a relationship, the more we know our partner, the more that we can love them. Um, uh, it, and through this, we can't add anything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which isn't true, which is what people were trying to do. We're trying to create um, tawheed to be morphed into something different, but we can only understand 
what it is in the purest sense from the Quran. Number three of Tawheed al-Asma wa Sifat. Allah can never have the attribute of his creation. For example, um, in Christianity, it is believed that um, God created the world um, in six days and then on the seventh day he rested. Islam doesn't agree with this because God is God. He doesn't need to rest. We can have all, uh, it's a whole discussion anyway. But um, there is nothing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to do, like sleep, eat, anything like that. God does not need to do because he's God. So th there are, as I've mentioned, uh, ways that um, he reveals himself to us so we understand. So there are some human attributes. Say um, it says like he's the hero and seer of all, but that doesn't mean he is human. It is some, and it's made to relate to us so we can understand the characteristics. We are not all, all seeing and all hearing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we can understand that God is everywhere. God can see everything. God can hear everything. Of course, that makes sense. But we cannot give him attributions of the creation, which is so important uh, from learning as a Christian that we made God into a human himself. His uh, Jesus prophet, peace be upon him, um, was an amazing, amazing prophet. But to make him into a God, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that anymore because there cannot be any attributes of a human, an imperfect human that has been created that can be of God. Um, furthermore, man shall not be given the attributes of Allah. Um, so this whole idea is um, that we are in no ways close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And um, one thing I love is the equality within Islam, that everyone can access God, everyone can access um, religion. And Im Im imams aren't closer or divine in any way. We don't have to go through a mediator, we can just worship him purely. Um, and if you are going to talk with someone with the attributes of Allah, it must be preceded by abd, meaning servant of and or slave of. Like Abdurrahman, Rahim. It's actually one of my, I think... Um, something like this is one of my friend's son, um, friend's son, friend's brother, um, and friend's son, um, <laughs> um, meaning um, the most merciful. Um, and this um, is actually a slave of the most merciful, even though they have the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being merciful or being gracious like um, our God is. But at the same time, we aren't in ourselves, cannot be, the same most merciful as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Finally, that is Tahid al-Abdah. That ah is sometimes really hard to say. So there's the unity of worship. Make sure you worship no other than Allah. So basically, make sure that you don't do shuk. Don't um, create ideology. This in our world can be anything. We stereotypically think of um, idols as you know rocks in the in the in the sand or you know they're stereotypical you've made in um a statue when you start bowing down to it but that isn't what it is now and i'm sure that that does occur you see that in many other religions that they bowing down to statues but um in the west um people can make themselves um um god or social media or netflix 
or YouTube or friendships or relationships or even prophets. So like Jesus or Muhammad, peace be upon them. Um, if you put them above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is in itself shirk. All forms of worship must be directed only to Allah because he alone deserves worship. That doesn't mean that you can't love, can't appreciate, can't encourage, can't build up the ummah around you. But the utmost worship, which is obedience in your life, obedience in your prayer, obedience following the pillars, in everything that you do, um, you must be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is alone who can grant benefit to man as a result of his worship. We can worship anything. We can worship all kind of things um, like Netflix. But what is really Netflix going to do? Is it going to waste your time? Is it? Are you going to laugh it and enjoy it? But is it going to sustain you? Is it going to give you life? Probably not. Maybe for a little bit. I certainly enjoy it sometimes, but I certainly enjoy reading and get a lot more from reading the Quran or praying. Um, because the thing is, our creator knows us best. Our creator knows us the most. So our creator knows what's best for us. So if he's given these us, us these instructions, it's how to fulfill our lives and make it prosperous. It's not to drag us down and be rules and annoying things. It's how we can be happy. And so with us directing our worship to him, we can benefit a lot more. You know, when you say al-fatiha, you know, um, it says that he is, um, I, I swear it's like a conversation. One of my friends told me that anyway. And um, there is no need for any form of intercessor or intermediate between a man and God. You just worship him alone, you yourself. And maybe sometimes it's with the ummah, which is something I have never experienced myself yet. Inshallah, I will. But it's something which is so beautiful and so ex exciting to just know that you are worshipping the one true God, yourself, when you kneel down and prostrate like all the prophets, peace be upon them all, um, before you. It's it's amazing. Um, and it says in the Quran, Verily we have sent to every nation to a messenger saying, Worship Allah and vo avoid false gods. And in Surah Al-Fatiha, which Muslims are required to recite in his or prayer at least seven times daily. Um, so I actually know Surah Al-Fatiha from the prayer, so I'll just quickly say it in Arabic. Iyakana abudu wa yakana sa'in is verse 4. So it, it, this bit says, you alone do we worship, and from you alone do we seek help. And this whole idea that we are supposed to be avoiding false gods, only seeking help, and this is a challenge for everyone listening um, who believes in God. Do you seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first? You know, when I have a problem, I generally call a friend or um, my partner or, you know, anything. Um, my mum. But this says, we say it, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek help. So do we go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our problems first? Do we alone seek him for our help? I know that's something which I definitely didn't do as a Christian. And it's something which I definitely want to make sure that I do do is to always seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first because in all these things if you ask humans they have a limited knowledge but if you ask the creator 
He is the one who has unlimited knowledge. And I know it might seem like you're talking to yourself sometimes in your head, but Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-seer, the all-hearer. And if you truly believe that, then I just challenge you to um, tell, tell him your problems and feel the lightness in your heart after that. MashaAllah. So shirk has been mentioned quite a few times during this podcast. There, this is something where, again, I'm just going to define it, is when you worship anything other than Allah. There is two types of shirk, shirk kabir and shirk sakhir. Um, shirk kabir, that kabir um, literally means big, so it's a major shirk, and minor shirk, so that sakhir um, means small. So there is major shirk, which is when any act of worship is directed to anything other than Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So actual worship, and um, we may love the prophets, but we cannot give them divine nature and we cannot give them any nature of Allah. So doing anything against this tawheed is against the oneness of Allah and this is seen as the ultimate sin. So you can have worship of the deen, worship of the dirham, anything. So dirham is like money um, in um, the Middle East. Um, so but then there can also be minor shirk, where you can have this love of, instead of actually worshipping money, but also just having a love of money and money being so important, or you can have a love of another person and you don't realise that you're putting them above God. You're not like purposefully worshipping them, but you do um, in your actions um, do worship them above Allah. And through that, you're committing minor shirk this is my own understanding I may be wrong it's quite a complex uh, and complicated subject so please everything that I've said in this podcast do check for yourself and um, if you do have any feedback for me if you are listening and you know me please do let me know <laughs> um, and also with minor shirk it's doing things to impress people instead of Allah so say you're um, praying and you do it in a beautiful voice you're not doing it to impress Allah you're doing it to impress other people or like when you do it for your zakat you're giving money away but you're showing people how much you're giving and you're doing it to impress others instead of Allah so this kind of shirk is the opposite kind of of tahid of worshipping the one god and one god alone so finally just what i'm going to end with is how is this making a lifestyle so our shahada is what we say to begin with the first pillar of islam is by um saying the the oneness of god la ilaha illa allah um and that oneness of allah is the central message the pure monotheism is what prophet muhammad peace be upon him brought down to this world to just ensure that everyone knows how to truly worship the one god so how does this impact our lifestyle well it impacts everything because our intention in every single thing that we do is to try and worship the one God that we don't put anything above God no matter even if we're watching TV we make sure that we aren't watching it too much we're not loving it more we're not um, obsessing over celebrities for example and also we're going we're going to be trying to remember Allah we're going to be trying to 
um, constantly obey all that he's doing. He's doing, he's saying in the Quran. And we're sure, and sure we aren't doing minor shirk. So constantly looking at ourselves and saying, am I doing this to impress people or am I doing this to impress God? Do I care more about what people think of me or do I care more of what God thinks about me? And you, through worshipping the one God, you also start to do salam. So the second pillar of Islam. So you start to pray five times a day, which becomes a lifestyle of prayer. You start to give zakat, but in privacy. So you give away your money. So you don't have a love of money. So that your view on m money completely changes. And you view the one God. You look at the one God. You remember all of his attributes and think that nothing is like that. You don't put anything um, of the creation onto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So through all of that... You completely change your mindset and your view of God, but you also change your intention and all that you do, and you change the way that you worship and check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> so you just need to be really careful when you are looking at the oneness of Allah and ensuring that you're not just doing it out of religiosity, but you're also doing it as a lifestyle. You're doing it in all that you do and that God is in every single segment of your life and remembering God and the oneness of Allah in everything, as I keep saying, is extremely important and to ensure that you never do shirk, especially major shirk, which is the ultimate sin. So that is everything for today. I hope that you've enjoyed it, even learned something. I've certainly enjoyed and learned a lot through researching and doing this episode. I have absolutely loved learning about the oneness of Allah and being able to truly reflect on what this means and how this impacts my life. And I am starting to remember God more and really love that uh, the oneness and how this one creator, which has a divine blueprint on the world made me and loves me and this one creator um chose me to have his um revelation revealed to me and alhamdulillah so inshallah you'll be able to enjoy my next episode so assalamu alaikum until next time assalamu